0: I'm Kim. I'm Megs. Welcome to the Atwoods End
1: Podcast. (laughs) We're recording. Kittens can be real assholes.
0: (laughs) Why are we here? What have I done? Who am I?
1: (laughs) Who am I? I only
0: show. Trance of dance.
1: Salsa. (laughs)
0: I don't
1: is that even a word? Welcome back to the Atwood's End podcast. I'm Kim. And I'm Megs, and this
0: is episode 38. Okay, but why? And I'm pumped for this episode. It's been one I've been thinking about for a really long time, trying to pitch it to Kim, being like, we gotta, do, we gotta do this, you know, and I feel all summer long I've been just in this questions mood. I've spent a lot of time in the car, and I'll be annoyed or just curious we'll be talking about something and then end up down this rabbit hole as I research and read into it bring it bring it up with friends and just try to make it about this whole thing where when you don't know I'm like google it right away let's know let's just not ask these questions we got to know right away so
1: I mean I feel like maybe that's linked to you having a toddler in some indirect way because I feel like little kids are always like but why yeah but why (laughs) and you're just like maybe you're just like preparing yourself mentally for like the phase when he kids. And and talk.
0: talk yeah yeah like, whatever you're ready pick a language we don't even care anymore <laughs> so yeah And
1: then fast forward like six months later and you're like please stop talking when he goes like but why <laughs> i'm curious but why
0: i can't wait i'll be but... like science the crap out of him yeah well, let's go oh my
1: god anyways today we are answering burning questions and by burning questions we mean things that have just specifically been bugging the two of us yeah. <laughs> and have now caused us to go down this rabbit hole of research to like try and answer them but before we get into that how are you blueberries are done where does this leave you right now besides finally available to talk to me every day again
0: (laughs) tired (laughs) (laughs) like it takes it takes a lot out of me like this season was like a 6 a.m wake up 10 o'clock bedtime but I didn't stop working and all of that like I would we would work till about four or five And it's like we would close the patch sometimes earlier but by the time like you clean up and get home so late and then I would take power naps maybe have dinner with everybody sometimes not and then just like work into the evenings and so now all I want to do is like clean and organize and do nothing and really just remember that I just had like a traumatic work experience. It's not traumatic, but it's a lot. <laughs> you know. It's just like, yeah. you know, it's okay. We're just going to do nothing. And so like I took a half day yesterday, which is odd to be like back at work and then taking a half day. And so I'm going to take the rest of this month, usually I like to paint in August, and I know it's going to be rewarding and enriching, and I really need that right now. So that's, that's, I'm just like coming down off of this. I'm deflating, but in a
1: good way, if that makes any sense. Yeah, like decompressing yeah. after Decompr- like a super busy season. That's like <laughs> I'm the like, best feeling, you know, when you're like, are just like, pushing so hard like right before a vacation or something to like get things done or like especially when you're traveling and like going away and you're like cleaning the house and like packing things and tying up loose ends with work and stuff like that and then you like get you know it's like feeling when you like get to the airport and you're like like yeah exactly i'm free yeah yeah
0: Yeah. and how are you little miss living her life to the fullest in
1: 2022 (laughs) i'm i'm thriving, actually. This is like the first week in ages that I've had just like a bunch of days with no plans after work. So it's been nice to recharge and just like get back into a bit of a more stable routine because like I had a friend visiting last week from Bermuda so we were just kind of like doing things around the city and like doing a lot of shopping and stuff like that so like I just feel like it was it was so nice to like catch up and visit but definitely like anything like that always throws you a bit out of your routine so like coming back into like being able to go to the gym and just like be a bit more normal has been nice. Beyond that, some super exciting news: I have somewhat spontaneously decided to go to New Zealand this <laughs> November. So, like, it's been a trip that I've been like mentally planning for years. Yeah. But was more so like expecting to go next year, not this fall. Like, as long story short, a close friend of mine lives in Wellington, and the opportunity to visit just ended up making the most sense to come sooner rather than later. And with a job that, like, lets me work from anywhere, it was just kind of, like, let's take the chance now and go. So, I feel like it's still kind of mentally sinking in that I'm going because it was just kind of, like, weeks. I thought. it Five weeks, yeah.
0: everybody, yeah.
1: Yeah, like, I, I thought about it for, like, 24 hours and then I was <laughs> like, hey, well, I'm just going to book tickets. Like, I can't. We're doing it. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to, like, the biggest challenge for me and, like, what I've been thinking about a lot the past couple of days is I'll still be working through this trip. The, like normal hours, but on a such a different time zone yes. that like mentally figuring out when to post client social content on the correct day when I'm a day ahead and it's like evening here and morning there. I'm like I'm already trying to figure out how to make a chart that can tell me when I'm supposed to be posting. I feel things. like
0: you just have to make one chart though. You know, it's not that confusing. And like, I feel like you can take advantage of a lot of like planning software and stuff to, to kind of help.
1: No, for sure. For sure. So it'll just be, uh, yeah, I think just mentally getting my head around that, that time change work-wise and coordinating meetings and things like that will be interesting the first week or so. But uh, yeah, I'm super, I literally
0: cannot super wait
1: to ask you how tomorrow is. <laughs> what's the weather like tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> well, you no, know, you know, what's wild is that, so my flight there, I leave Wednesday, October 26th. And I land in New Zealand on Friday, October 28th. But I'm only flying, I fl- my flight path is, like, 24 hours, basically. Yeah. But I'm, like, losing an extra The day. 16, that is yeah. the time change. But on the way home, what's crazy is I take off at 5.30 p.m. And I land at 9.30 p.m. the same day yeah, in Toronto. Crazy. But I also travel 24 hours, which is just, like oh, I can just feel the jet lag now. But yeah, the jet lag,
0: when I was in Korea, we were 14 hours ahead and I wasn't even there for that long, but I was in Asia for, I guess, long enough. And I came home and it wasn't the worst time change there because I was on Europe time. So I only like gained, I think it was like six or seven hours. I can't remember where I was last. And, but coming back, it was like a 14 hour time change and that was rough like you can't beat that jet lag the way you do like europe jet lag which is like when you come home from europe this is this is the magic formula tilo's oma does not get jet lagged anymore This is like 85 year old woman's like telling me off about how to do jet lag. <laughs> i don't get jet lag anymore and i'm like okay what do you do and so her magic formula is when you fly in from europe usually you're flying in at around like 5 or 6 p.m you have to stay up till at least 9 p.m and she said start by unpacking your clothes and she has this like algorithm that she does every time she comes home and she does not get jet lagged and she's been traveling her entire life and she's yeah she's in her late 80s now but this was a couple years ago that she was letting me know how wrong i was doing jet lag (laughs) so now i know how to do it right and and i don't get jet lagged
1: I'm i'm gonna have to apply her formula okay but like do you unpack your clothes are you an unpack as soon as you get in the door person or are you like a oops the suitcase is still packed and it's a week later person
0: so it's funny because coming from europe it'll be like that's part of my europe where i like i'll unpack right away or like get stuff in the laundry and i'm so crazy anal about having the house perfect before i leave and changing the covers and i remember last year yeah. we went to corsica tila was like we're not changing the covers and i'm like fine i'll do it myself but you're not sleeping here when we get back <laughs> <You know? laughs> and then <begrudgingly laughs> they helped me change the covers and we came home and i'm like see but if i go away for a weekend like when we did our Atwood's end branding photo shoot that that luggage stayed packed for like half a week and I was like hey. okay
1: interesting so
0: it's only like plane travel requires immediate unpacking everything else I'm like oh whatever <laughs> right right. so okay. you unpack everything the moment you get home
1: yeah I'm yeah. like yeah, yeah immediately yeah. like I can't do anything else I have to unpack it and then shower and then I'm like <laughs> I have decided that I'm home and it doesn't matter if I've just left for the night yeah. or six months that's a like, good it's a good I, I, yeah yeah, I remember because I came home from Costa Rica in like 2020 and our flight got in at like 2 in the morning or something like that. So I didn't get home till like 4 and like should have just gone to bed. I was like, no, I have to unpack and shower. Yeah, that's so good, I didn't go to bed till like 6 in the morning. But yeah, anyways. It's a fun. Okay, yeah, let's get into
0: this ASAP Rocky before we just go off <laughs> on 19 tangents. So I feel like this first question is going to hit home with a lot of people, especially people who are driving back and forth from work again or, you know, are planning or have planned a a summer road trip, booking a flight, and, you know, they realize that half their salary is going to gas or that tickets are brutally expensive right now. My first question or our first question is why is gas so expensive?
1: okay buckle up everyone because this (laughs) this has a million parts and i feel like this has been such a topic of discussion lately and just like you know like every summer gathering i feel like someone brings up how expensive gas is and everyone i talk to says something different though about like why the prices are jumping They're like oh it's this oh it's that so like anyways here's what i found first things first the war in ukraine has obviously had an effect on gas prices, but it should also be noted that the day the first missile was launched, gas prices in Toronto were already at a bit of a record high at around $1.60 a liter. Per liter, yeah. So we have to look back prior to the war, and obviously then we have the pandemic. So like just over two years of a very slowed down economy, and the demand for gas was dropping like crazy. And with the slowing down of demand, we see a slowdown of supply. Right. Yeah. So like one of the first issues comes from the fact that as we, you know, sprinted back out to bars and <laughs> restaurants and like when people went back into the office, like, you know, everyone was rushing to book those long awaited flights and travel again, the demand for oil all of a sudden became super high. Super quick. And- yeah yeah and like this is where i got kind of confused because my first thought was like what about the pre-pandemic world where like our gas prices were sitting around a dollar 10 but we were kind of living very similarly to like the resumed Mm -hmm. life Mm -hmm. we're living now so like how could we handle it then but not now yeah that answer is kind of related to oil fields getting back into their full capacity and like getting back to the normal production speed is Quite a slow process for those operations. And so all those oil fields that were just kind of like collecting tumbleweeds throughout the pandemic (laughs) are taking like a long time to get back up and running again. Right, because I guess people don't understand
0: how big these operations are and how much you don't just flip a switch and you're like, now oil, you don't stick a tube in the ground and be like, Let's go, let's go, let's go. Like it's it's a hell of a huge process, right?
1: Yeah, and I can imagine the pandemic, like I know Everyone was like, Oh, we're saving so much on gas, you drive on the highway, and there'd be like no cars on the highway. That, like, it it must have shut down a lot of operations. Yeah, that's what I would assume. So, then, like, the second major thing, obviously, to talk about is the rush is like Russia and the war in Ukraine. And, like, as a consequence of the war, you know, so many sanctions have been thrown against the country, and a lot of Western Europe is so dependent on Russia's supply that they can't just say, like, buy Russia without sending their own economies into a tailspin. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, like, so many of the, like, Western energy giants are kind of voluntarily pulling out of Russia, which is normally one of the largest oil producers, and they're- scrambling to like other countries to that have refineries and like oil buyers to get whatever's left basically and that's also driving up the prices. Okay, so my
0: first sub question when it comes to anything with oil is why do we not use Canadian oil? Like we have Alberta, right? They're they're such snobs about the oil. Why don't we just use that?
1: Well like I thought of that too and okay so here's the deal. Oh, the oil is like one thing mm-hmm. but then refining it into gasoline is another right so here in canada we only refine about a quarter of what we are able to produce while like majority goes to be refined in the u.s because like a we don't have the pipeline networks and b we don't have the refineries because they cost like 10 billion dollars oh, to fuck. make oh, <laughs> and the last one was built in 1984. So even if we kept it all at home, it wouldn't be the consumer that would have a cheaper product. It would just be more money for the big oil industries. At least that's like my understanding of it. Yeah.
0: Well, okay. So I have a friend of ours there girlfriend who i've yet to meet which i'm so excited to meet her one she's doing her phd thesis on the trans canada pipeline and i'm very curious knowing this very little surface level knowledge about the the gas and the oil and stuff i'm gonna be like so <laughs> what do you think because i think her position is against it so i'm curious to see yeah she studies political yeah but you know this really just like i'm buying a horse that's Tilo, we're getting a horse. (laughs) I feel like this was actually
1: just a really long winded way for you to be like, I'm getting a horse. Like, I support you regardless, but. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Next question then. So we've we've resolved the, the gas prices, or <laughs> at course. least I, I kind of understand why the gas prices are high now. It makes, but- it makes sense though, right? Like if we don't have, like, so what
0: if we have the raw stuff, we can't make it into fuel or gasoline. And so we have to send it other places, but those other places, it's too intermingled. And we just don't have the funds or maybe the demand even... To have, like, if it costs that much to build a refinery, how much does it cost to maintain it? And then do we have enough demand to actually keep up with that cost? You know, like, in that sense, I think. No, yeah, yeah. it, it
1: makes sense. Yeah. Okay, my next question for you. Why does, like, putting salt on things just, like, make it taste better? Okay, this
0: is so cool. So I didn't, obviously didn't know this before, but salt is a universal flavor enhancer and improver because at low concentrations it will reduce bitterness while increasing sweet sour and umami which is desirable for sweet recipes i.e why we put salt in baked goods i literally have did you know that did you know that that's why we put it in to make things sweeter or or more flavorful in baked Uh, goods
1: i didn't I never knew why, I just knew that like you because like I feel like there are some people that bake and they like see put salt in it and they're like, ew, I don't want salty yeah. baked goods and they skip that part and it's like so important and it's also super noticeable when someone doesn't put salt, salt? Yeah, right? in their baked goods, but I never knew like why so yeah that so was. Improving. I just knew like it you don't skip it.
0: Yeah, and then at higher concentrations it suppresses sweetness and enhances umami, which is really good for like savory things now the okay, follow-up wait.
1: question Can I cut in with a question yeah before you continue what the hell is umami
0: umami is like protein like the flavoring for savory so instead of saying umami we could say like savory food
1: okay versus yeah. sour sa- like so, sour would yeah. be different than savory so like yes. sweet sour savory or the, I've I've never I've always just thought of like sweet and savory I've never thought of like sour as being its own category
0: well, yeah, because there's,
1: and bitter, too. I guess, it, like, it makes sense. It's, like, distinctly different than savory food. Well,
0: sour and bitter are two different flavor profiles as well. For something to yeah, be bitter doesn't true. necessarily mean that it's sour.
1: Yeah. Right? Which is no, cool. No, that makes, that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, in in this, you may ask, but how? how does it do this? What, what's going on with this? That's <laughs> exactly so, what I was asking. <laughs> if you think back, and I know that many of us born in the mid-90s, we have, we have a few younger listeners, so maybe I'm curious if everybody's been taught this, but going back to your school days, do you remember diagrams of your tongue indicating where sweet, sour, umami, where those sections were and how they worked? Like, very
1: vaguely, but like, honestly, if you hadn't asked me that, I probably would never have remember that you
0: don't i literally remember no. them teaching us in school and me getting in trouble because i was like i don't they gave us a candy and they're like touch it to the tip of your tongue that's where your sweet receptors are and i was like that doesn't make sense why wouldn't your entire tongue be able to taste it separately on you know i'm grade yeah, four that seems
1: very weird to me
0: yeah and so we now know that your tongue isn't
1: separated by sections of taste rather each taste like, bud yeah like your grade two experimentation by being like if this doesn't make sense was like all that needed to be done to felt that that was not <laughs> true like it seems weird that we had to do extensive research to be like wow i can actually taste something sour at the back of my mouth too well i'm very curious yeah
0: exactly that's that's what i said i said well i can put on the side of my mouth and i can still taste it so how does that make any sense and it's just i wonder is education that you have like in textbooks and and literature for young children how often is that updated because in university your biology textbook you need to buy a new blood, bloody biology textbook every half a year because they're coming out with new editions you know which is a scam from like a monetary point of view but yeah Yeah. so i'm curious about that
1: yeah i think they also there's some things in elementary school where they're like trying to teach the concept and they kind of oversimplify things to a point where like mm -hmm. you you then get it embedded in your brain but it's like not actually totally correct i'm apologizing already for
0: hugo's teachers in elementary school and high school good luck good luck if my son comes home and says my teacher said this and i'm marching in there the next day being
1: like yeah he's like my lunch has a delicious umami today
0: Anyways, Okay, let's let's, taste buds taste buds. We know it's not separated by section rather each taste bud Which is a combination of basal columnar cells and between 10 to 50 taste receptors Which are renewed like less than every two weeks on these taste buds You have these receptors and they have proteins on them that bind to some of the chemicals or the things in our food while others have ion channels that are activated based on the level of what is coming through, either opens them or closes them. So the end result is that we have neural pathways that can take that information and pass it along to the brain where the quote-unquote taste is then perceived.
1: That's so interesting, Caitlin. I'm I'm following, but (laughs) now I'm stuck on the fact that our taste receptors renew every two weeks, because like all I can think of is, you know, that guy in the United States that grows like the majority of the world's hottest peppers like there's one guy that's responsible for like most of them his taste receptors are like permanently damaged and he's able to like eat like crazy crazy oh my god what is that california reapers yeah he can eat like california reaper peppers like their bell peppers and it's like no problem. So like did his taste receptors just like stop renewing? Yeah. I like think I
0: spice is one of those things that you can bring up your threshold because you just get used to the pain. So why is something spicy? It's because there's a pain associated with it. And so people who love spicy foods are a little weird. Like really spicy foods because it means that their pain tolerance has increased. So he probably has done some damage, but not really like I think it's more it's just a pathway it's just like a computer you know just the input of information that hey this is spicy at least that's what i think but we can definitely answer that in a philomath later yeah on. i was
1: say maybe it's a question for another episode but like yeah that's all i could think about when i was like listening to that is that like i feel like some people that eat like wildly spicy things do not if if it renewed every two weeks but that makes sense if it's like a pain thing yeah like pain for sure spicy thing, then it, pain. it's not as related yeah, yeah okay okay next question i just finished like
0: i've been doing a lot of work and watching a lot of true crime series why do we love true crime stories so fucking much
1: like right (laughs) because i i love them too and i was listening to the podcast park predators the other day which is like all it's all true crime stuff but it it takes place in like national parks I just had this moment of thinking like humans are kind of sick like (laughs) we why do we enjoy listening to the trauma of other people when it doesn't affect us and so anyways let's break it down true crime dramas documentaries podcasts whatever they give us an insight into like our own cultures and norms alongside our like anxieties and the things we value and so when we watch and listen to that kind of programming we're like tapping into our natural desires to solve puzzles and mysteries while like being allowed to speculate as Mm -hmm. to why criminals act the way they do and basically we're able to do it safely from this distance examine you know the darker sides of humanity and amplify our natural desires for justice right and and we're able to like experience that fear and horror In the safety of our homes, or you know wherever where the threat is exciting, but it's not real. Right, and it's kind of like you get to play, you know, detective extraordinaire, get your mind racing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you, Um, or or me, get get your mind racing, thinking about how you would evade a potentially dangerous situation. (laughs) Which like it's thrilling and exciting, and like can even be empowering to think like, oh, I, you know, that was stupid. I wouldn't have done that, or like they should have done this, or Mm -hmm. like if I was the detective, I would have investigated this person, whatever. I think it's also important to think about the fact that like with a love of true crime it's also important to like any good thing keep it in moderation because you know when you consume this overwhelming amount I think you also see in some instances people going the other way where like they create this perception of reality where they're way more likely to think that they're they could be a victim of one of these like you know crimes yeah one in a million crimes which might not be statistically true
0: yeah no that's that makes sense right because it's also i think you want to see like when you have somebody who is like sociopaths or psychopaths that is so you're curious about that because it's not how your mind works works it's like that idea Mm -hmm. if you've ever heard of have you ever been on the edge of something and you're almost afraid that you will jump you're not suicidal but you just have this fear that what if my body makes me jump yeah. So your brain plays through these scenarios and it's very healthy for your brain, maybe not the jumping one or like the murder one, <laughs> or the. but your brain likes to, from start to finish, it's very fulfilling to be able to go from start to end while still be okay, right? You don't jump, but you think about it and then in the end it doesn't happen, but it's something that plays through in your mind. And the other thing actually I was thinking about true crime is that I wonder how many people are inspired to enter law or law enforcement or you know detection work or to really do things when they hear these stories because you don't like I don't know depending on where you live you might not be exposed to certain crimes that women's abuse or something and then you you feel empowered to do something about it and work towards that and I think that that's a good thing that comes out of it other yeah. than being like it's gonna be me who goes next right true well and I
1: also I feel like that's also like it's all kind of tied to a very similar thing to even like why people like roller coasters or like yeah you know skydiving and like things like that where like there's a certain element of like danger or like forced way to make yourself feel a certain way without and a certain kind of fear with the safety net of like harnesses and like parachutes and things (laughs) like that that make it like a a survivable terror
0: yeah i freaking love roller coasters i haven't been on one in so long but
1: i love just thinking that yesterday yeah like i was like i haven't i don't remember last time i went to like wonderland
0: well so wonderland is a theme park just out just north of toronto and it's very close about 10 minutes from where i grew up and so being from that relative area it made a lot of sense for our families to always get seasons passes and i remember like taking my sister it'd be like a cloudy day and we'd be like well let's go because as long as you didn't buy any food you wouldn't leave broke and it was just so much fun to have that and yeah yeah so, I very much yeah. enjoy the, even the kid rides. I was like, Whoa! <laughs>
1: you know? Oh my god, yeah, I remember the first time I ever went on the first roller coaster I ever went on was the Ghoster Coaster, which is like a children's roller coaster. And I cried because <laughs> I was so scared. And like, I, I outgrew it, but I'm like very much traumatized by my Ghoster Coaster experience. See, I was
0: very brave as a kid, so I don't know if I was actually scared, but I was like, I'll put up
1: a front of <laughs> yeah, that would be you. I would definitely be the opposite. like, I'm just gonna cry. <laughs> <laughs> Like I am very I think I did put up a front until I got on it and then I was like wait, I'm actually terrified
0: of this. I yeah, know I was I was foolishly but it made me do a good skier pretty early on because I think there's a lot of <laughs> like I was like I don't know first time I put on skis it was like three and a half in Montre Blanc in Quebec. And I skied for so much of my young life in, in Ke- exclusively in Quebec. It wasn't until I think school age when we were in at the end of elementary school that I started going to Ontario's most expensive and actually most expensive for what it is in Canada ski resort, which is Blue Mountain up in Collingwood. And yeah, some of those. And so then when I went from like proper skiing in Quebec to like... <laughs> Ontario skiing I was like this is nothing (laughs) from like a fear point of view sometimes I'm like trust your training trust your training you know what to do this is we're getting
1: the adrenaline going and then oh my god I mean you're speaking to the person that tried snowboarding (laughs) for 30 minutes and broke her wrist almost completely through so like (laughs) (laughs) it's funny because like you are athletic and you
0: have a competitiveness and you have this like, I don't even know how to describe it. I went to go pick up my sister and her boyfriend. They went bowling, and I was telling them, I said, You know who the most annoying person is to bowl? <laughs> it's Kimberly Ann Hutchings because you don't think she's going to be the best bowler. And then six strikes in a row later, and you're like, I'm done. I want to go. Oh home. my God.
1: You know what's so funny is like, I, I think I mentioned on the last podcast episode that I went lawn bowling a couple weeks ago, and like, oh my God, I'm so good at lawn bowling. And I saw the videos of you being like, ah. Yeah, I like, literally. I did <laughs> the video. The video is so funny because it was just. Just, like my friend had like rolled like one of the balls and then I went to like try and like knock his out of the way and I like li- did not even pay attention to my throw and it it perfectly curved knocked his out of the way and pushed mine closer to like the ball that you're going to and I just like my reaction is like me. Am- I just screamed. I am the best lawn bowler in the world, and it's like the watching the video back. I'm like, oh my god! Who is I need to be like put on a leash because I was like, it was the most over the top reaction. Well, from like a,
0: a sports psychology point of view, when I did a lot of extensive sports, then you know we looked, we were taught about sports psychology and things to do, and you know how to get out of a rut because a lot of the sports that I did were individual, like they weren't team. So when I was competitively a long jumper for many years (laughs) (laughs) I was very good they literally my high school built a pit specifically for me because I was training at such a high level and doing so well that they oh my god you know they didn't have really the best track and field program but here I was not really looking like I could do anything and I was bringing home the ribbons not really looking like I was capable (laughs) a long jump I'm only like 5'7 if even 5'7 right and but it doesn't take height to be a good long jumper i don't know what it is but they used to hit you know when you do well you have to really you know a lot you'll see a lot of tennis players do like the fists into the into their sides being like yeah right to pump themselves up and how do you get yeah. out of okay you don't have a good jump or you didn't have a good
1: hit what do you do right so <laughs> yeah me, me with lawn bowling yeah, so, <laughs> <laughs> okay anyways taking a totally different direction yeah. <laughs> now with our next question but like I swear I've actually looked this one up before and I knew the answer at one point but I don't anymore so why do we pee so much when we're drunk
0: were you drunk when you looked it up because i've definitely looked this up late at night when i've gone for my ninth p of, the, of the oh my god
1: just, like, what the honestly fuck? probably like do you ever really leave notes for yourself in your phone when you're All drunk because i've done that time. so many times and then i just like the next morning i'm like what did i mean by this it's like my own little true crime investigation <laughs> the next day because i'm like what what did she mean when <laughs> and me she being myself my my
0: secret <laughs> language which i don't know if i should divulge but just in case there are things that can be like not encrypted or decrypted if you know somebody ever needs to get into my notes a lot of times I'll write in Polish phonetically via my own alphabet and that way if you're a Polish reader you won't fucking know what's going on if you're an English reader you won't know what's going on but I leave myself secret notes like that in this melding of a language that like good luck <laughs> so, yeah good luck to anybody who um, ever needs to question, read your notes question about your notes though because i just found this out and I'm, i bet you freaking do it do you organize your notes into folders
1: not into folders but they are like
0: super organized oh okay my notes are my place to be messy and i have notes for Everything like it is. I love notes on the on the iPhone, and yeah, my sister's boyfriend Tiron literally organizes them into folders, and he's telling me he's like, I have 48 files in dreams, 32 in birthday Uh, cards, and and
1: I was like, huh? Oh my god, the folders (laughs) is kind of like genius for like long form stuff. Like mine are all titled with a little like subline that says like a brief description of what is in that note, because then that's what shows up in like the preview, and then below it is like all of the content but mine's organized by like gift ideas content ideas movies like things to remember i have uh there's like one group of friends that we always order indian food together so mm. i have like our indian food order saved or like i have a quotes one of just like words that i like like words that i've heard that i like and like yeah. one that's just like information i need to know about my cottage in case, so like, power so out. And yeah stuff. like but my yeah.
0: my last few notes are like the why episode which is where i was writing notes for this episode tnt 2022 packed at what's end presents names because i try to remember everyone's names so like if i'm going to a particular store where i know the person's name then i'll go and reference just so i can be like hey leo how's it hanging and then people
1: love that you're like a chaotic crm for, yeah. your, for your life <laughs> but i love it anyways
0: okay so peeing in short Alcohol is a diuretic and can make you pee more than if you had the same amount of water. In long, your kidneys regulate the amount of water that your body has by monitoring the plasma osmolality of your blood, which is just the scientific term to describe the ratio of particles in your blood to the fluid. So when you have more fluid than particles, the kidneys are signaled to release more urine. And as alcohol is a liquid, the first thing that it does is it increases the osmality of the fluid, in like in favor of the fluid in your blood. Next, alcohol inhibits the body's release of the hormone vasopressin, also known as ADH, the antidiuretic hormone. So typically, the brain signals the release of this ADH in response to an increase in particles over fluids, right? So it's that's that's when it wants you to not pee because you need to keep more fluid inside of you so the adhd right. signals your kidneys to hold on to water by suppressing this which suppresses water <laughs> right coming out alcohol can make the kidneys release more water because nothing is telling your kidneys stop you're going to get dehydrated so this right. can have this is what has a dehydrating effect on your body and not only makes you pee more but can also then cause headaches and nausea hello hangover and so if you drink water while you drink alcohol, you'll still be drunk, but you won't be a puddle of gunk the next day. So basically it's stopping what's telling your body like, "Hey, we're going to get we're getting dehydrated and your body's just anything that goes in, it's drawing out more and more and more." And you that's yeah, which yeah, is terrifying. Drinking, now I'm like, "Oh my god."
1: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the doing? drinking water while drinking has been like my mid 20s like life hack because I find every time you know, on the occasion that I'm drinking more than, like, a couple drinks. Um, mixing in, like, I have my big, giant one-liter Yeti, and I just carry it around with me, and I know if I can get through at least one of those by the time I go to bed, I'll probably be fine the next day. Yeah, mine's coconut water and popping two
0: Advils before bed. Seems to work well, so that's my, yeah. Uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's okay. where we're at for that. Okay, last question. Why do we have a leap day some Februarys? Like, what's the purpose of them? I think I have, like, a vague grasp on this, but my main interest in the day is based on the movie Leap Year, which is
1: (laughs) the the best rom-com of all time. Um, Of all time. But yes, it is. I won't, It won't dispute this. <laughs> of
0: all time. Kimberly, Kimberly, Kimberly. Okay, I'll get back to you. <laughs> I think
1: so. <laughs> that's, it's for another, save it for another episode yes. we're not fighting about movies today. <laughs> but, okay, the, but okay, this is actually probably the easiest question of the ones we've answered to answer, but it has a kind of cool history that I didn't know. So, first things first, we orbit the sun, obviously. Yep. A year is 365 days, also, obviously but our orbit around the sun is exactly 365.24 days long Mm. so it means that we have that little almost a quarter of a day to deal with and to make up for that we add one day every four years to clean up like the extraness of our year around the sun right right but you may think okay but 0.24 is not 0.25 and eventually that makes an impact so here's something you probably didn't know leap years happen every four years except if the year is a multiple of 100 but years that are multiples of 400 are a leap year so okay Okay. this has been (laughs) i know it hurts my brain but This has been in practice for 2,000 years. Caesar first introduced leap years in 45 BC, but it wasn't until... Which, is that in itself is crazy to me that that people figured that out in 45 BC.
0: Everyone who's mad at Julius Caesar, and it's like, he made the Julian calendar. Everything in your life you can thank to him and that calendar, because the Gregorian calendar was like...
1: Yeah. (laughs) 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 It wasn't until... 1582 when pope julian and his astronomers i can't hear the name julian without thinking about lemur from madagascar <laughs> when when king julian and his astronomers
0: <laughs> i just watched madagascar 3 too i think it's my favorite madagascar <laughs> i don't
1: know if i've seen the third one I've
0: what? Seen the it's first so one, good first the sure. first one's good second one's trash third one is is excellent okay circus americano <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. When Pope Julian and his astronomers realized that the Julian calendar didn't fully consider that kind of slow drift that happened due to the 0.24 of the day, basically they realized we were off by about 10 days. And so October 4th to 15, 1582 mm-hmm. to October 15th, 1582 was they basically just dropped it and then from that point onwards this new mathematical equation for leap years was put into place and that's why we have the weird like multiples of 100 and multiples of 400 yeah
0: okay cool cool i didn't know that i just yeah i just feel like a lot of things that we know about dates and space are trash you know for a second i was like maybe it's not Maybe we're just off on the calendars And that's why it feels like summer goes longer And winter goes longer But it's really just a change Like we fuck something up with the dates Like the math is wrong Somebody check the (laughs) math Like yeah yeah. But no that's imagine your birthday was then do we know anybody we know i know one friend no two i know two people (laughs) haha if you're in 1582 you would have had a birthday
1: losers oh between like october 4th and october 15th yeah yeah like i just feel like can you imagine just you'd be like this screws up my whole life how old am i (laughs) like oh my god that's like it's like my whole coming home and going to new zealand debacle times like a thousand because you just lose like five days of your life
0: yeah, but or as long days, as you come back, days. I feel like you always have to come back to the place you were born so that you are not stolen, so you don't have any time stolen from you. I'm very big about okay, my but time.
1: Here's here's a question. What if I was born on October 27th and I leave for New Zealand on October 26th and then I, like, land on October 28th that I just miss my birthday? And then if I fly backwards... Could I, if I flew backwards over over some sort of period of time where I went back a day because of just, like, the, the way that the time zones work, would I, would it be my birthday and then not be my birthday and then be my birthday again? <laughs> okay, so, I
0: will yes and no, and I will, hold on, I just want to just double check Uh, uh from, if we did a nonstop, let's just say we're using New Zealand as it takes about 18 hours to get there if you were to go direct, okay? Yeah. So you wouldn't be able to, you could make it the day before you were born, technically, if you left the moment you left the hospital. Let's just say, pretend you got your passport in order and everything. But the issue there is that whatever country has issued your passport, that is the date. If something like that, you know, like maybe it was about like when do you turn 19 or something or or something to allow you to travel on your own. It's about the the original passport, what it says on that, because that puts you together with that time zone and that's how you'd be protected from
1: that. Because like, hey, what if what if (laughs) I was (laughs) what if I was on a plane and I was coming to Canada from New Zealand and I turned 19 in the air? And i was like it's officially my birthday i am ordering a drink it's my birthday and then the flight attendant gives me my drink and then we cross time zones and now i'm no longer 19 because it's actually the day before is it is am i not legal anymore
0: no because on your passport right (laughs) as as long as you don't have a canadian driver's license right then uh yeah if you're working with just your passport then it'll say which day it was and that's how they operate it but i wonder that's actually a cool thing to investigate if something like that has ever caused issues due to that time zone kind of switch or change or as you're moving mm-hmm. through one way or another
1: oh yeah i'll investigate i'll report back on a yeah. future episode
0: <laughs> okay but that does wrap up this first segment of the show and i know this feels like kind of like a giant philomath but it's not because i have a cute little yeah. math for us so okay are you ready yes Die for the film okay we have a short one today (laughs) it changes every week (laughs) any guesses who the number one tire producer is in the world michelin that's actually the one that i that i chose to look at for their numbers i think michelin is one of the top ones they make about 200 million a year but they only come in like second or third the winner is actually lego with 306 million oh tires God. produced per year they may That's be funny. small but stepping on one still hurts like the dickens <laughs> so i came across that as as we're gonna be a lego family cute. pretty soon and so i'm just i love
1: lego sign me up yeah do you have come, you seen I'll the come new lego? lego the new
0: legos that are out like those they have such cool lego construction pieces like we got my sister's boyfriend a little italian fiat that he had to build from lego for christmas
1: oh cute and you I used have... to love the city ones where you could build like the hospital yeah. like the, the like the like fire department and stuff yeah i loved those yeah no but, yeah. They're, they're no fun. send me up as soon as he was old enough to play with lego i'm coming over yeah. <laughs> except the <laughs> next time we'll see you when we're ready for lego <laughs> kim's like cancel yeah. me in <laughs> Pencil me in whenever he's whenever he's big enough to not swallow the pieces. <laughs> yeah, which like he's pretty good.
0: Rocks have been going into his mouth a little bit more often because he knows that we're <laughs> like, don't do that. He thinks it's funny, and we're like, okay, how do we combat? You can't laugh at a kid when they're doing something hilarious because then they're like, oh, you think this is funny?
1: I, every child's uh, yeah, a comedian. It becomes their new comedy. Yeah, it becomes their new comedy act.
0: Yeah, exactly. Right. So then we're like, he's not
1: eating dirt anymore.
0: Yeah, that 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 didn't last very very. <laughs> that long <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> there's still a phase for a hot second but he's very clean like he if he gets like dirt on his hand he'll stop what he's doing and run over and ask for his hand to be wiped and so oh we're like God, okay it. or you know he'll find this like little fluff somewhere in the house and he'll bring it to me and so now we taught him like go throw it out but now he throws everything out and so we're like keeping <laughs> wallets keys phones off of the couches please because we are not responsible for what <laughs> ends up See, in the I'm trash cleaning. in this house Yeah, and, like, part of his after-meal routine, we give him paper towels, so he wipes his face, wipes his hands, cleans up his station by just, like, throwing it all over the floor and Bandit's there being like, I'm getting fat, but I love it. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, but I hope everyone's questions are satisfied. I like these kinds of episodes. I feel like this could be a reoccurring episode that we do every once in a while based on the burning whys of the of the the day and age actually here's the a moment here's a bonus well, one
1: us answering these why questions like it fulfilled my need to know the answers to these questions and so often i feel like these podcasts just it's like you and i just like answering each other's questions yeah. and like it, like influencing each other because like we recorded an episode a while ago and you were talking about cottage cheese oh. and now i eat cottage cheese for breakfast all the time it's with so like good. nectarines in it and yeah. i'm like i've been influenced by our own podcast i love it now, i love like, being my I'm own influencer train, yeah. but anyways <laughs>
0: no one of the bonus questions that i tried to look into yeah. was why do weather reports <laughs> suck ass
1: i was gonna say it's actually funny how like little people also understand even just about weather reports in general because you know that whole thing about how like when there's like a 10% chance of rain it's not that there's like a 10% chance it's that that 10% of that region
0: yeah going is to get. going
1: to get rain so you just could there still could have been rain But it's just not affecting the area that you're directly, like, in and stuff. And I, like, just learned that, like, a year ago. I think
0: we taught you that because my sister was the one who brought that to our attention, that it's not when you see the percentages, it's about the area of possible. So when it's 100%, the whole area in that weather report will be receiving rain they think but basically when i like tried to research it i can't find anything like no meteorologist is like yeah we don't really know what we're doing it's been 600 years like they can't predicting anything into the future which weather reports are the only ones that are expected to do something that no other industry you know you can make your guesses but nothing rides on so heavily as like the weather and so it just wasn't a satisfying answer they said that yeah basically you know they do their best but it's just hasn't come far enough they just don't understand it well enough so yeah so we'll we'll leave that if anybody can answer that question then that uh that'll be the million dollar question i think for me it's like figure out the bloody weather yeah that's
1: so interesting (laughs) yeah (laughs) anyways okay that so does you're, wrap you're up your blueberry season rage yeah yeah okay if you are listening on apple podcast and want to leave us a rating and review we would love you forever if you're Another. listening on spotify mobile uh follow us and if you're not already following us on instagram you can find us at at wits and <laughs> and that's it until next bye. bye bye